0: Hello everyone and welcome to Deadline City. We are your hosts Zoraida Cordova
1: and Danielle Clayton and our destination today is YA town.
0: YA town.
1: Yes that's where we're visiting. We're gonna Don't talk you about... Don't take me to. I hate it. I hate Y-A-Town. it. I knew you were gonna do it and <laughs> I have regrets. Um, basically in this destination we're gonna talk about sort of why YA and what is YA I get a lot of people saying to me when are you going to write a real book uh-huh. as if writing for young adults is not real we're also going to talk about sort of what draws us to this genre the trends and the things that we're seeing and um, how to find ideas and how to stay fresh the last thing I want to be is an auntie of YA where my books are not read by teens and right. also we'll talk about what's going on in YA. And I think that it's struggling a little bit right now. So let's do a deep dive.
0: Let's do a deep dive. So what draws you to YA?
1: I want you to go first. God damn it. I <laughs> I just gave the
0: overview. You go first. Thanks. Yes. Um What draws me to YA? When I started writing, if you listen to our episode zero, you know that I started as a teenager. My characters were always me, right? Or a teenage version of myself that I wanted to be. Um with cooler hair, though. right? Manageable hair instead of the curly mess that I had. Uh, and such a hater. I love such my hair now. Hair. I love it now, uh, but it was easy to write as a t- in the teenage voice when you're a teenager. But what happens as you start growing up, as you start learning new things, uh, your voice changes. Uh, Literally, I mean, like not for girls, but like right. <laughs> <laughs> as much. Uh, but I think that there there's definitely a shift from when you're 13 to when you're 18 to when you're 25 to when you're 35. Um, and so, the thing that drew me to YA was the ability to explore the firsts, right. first experiences, right? right uh and not just in a way it's like the first time i lost my virginity or the first first time the first time i stole a bottle of vodka from my family's cabinet and then refilled it with water definitely didn't happen
1: naughty uh (laughs) your mother should have taken that chancletta at you it wasn't my bottle of vodka it was my whatever anyways (laughs) so you wanted to do the first
0: I want you to do the first. And I wanted to look at something with that had hope at the end because for okay. me YA has hope at the end. That's young, ad- young adult literature <laughs> Young adult literature is about two things to me, rebellion and hope. Because when you're a teenager, you're rebelling. You're breaking out of your comfort zone, you're figuring out who you are. And I think that the popularity of YA among uh, millennials uh, and the generation after that is because uh, we're not done figuring out who we are and and I feel like people have a later start in life now
1: yeah, I agree and it's so interesting because what draws me to YA is the uncomfortable mm-hmm. like sense of being uncomfortable I was definitely a teen that felt out of place, felt like I had arrived on the wrong planet. I still feel that way. And I was trying to understand human behavior and sort of how I felt about all of the textures. And so I like books and I like to write about the things that we wish we said, the things that we wish we did. And I find that teens have all of those thoughts racing through their brains and it informs so much of their decisions and their good decisions and their bad decisions and so that's why I think I wanted to write for YA also I was a teacher so I was a teacher before I started writing and that's when I saw people little people (laughs) teens and kids fall in love with story and I thought oh I want to deal with adults Adults are already like they've formed their opinions. They're like curmudgeons most they're of them. Stuck
0: in their opinions they're too stuck. a they're lot like of the times. They're stuck
1: in amber and teens are still figuring it out. One year they might think one thing and the next year they're ready to try something new. And that's what I love about YA is that it's such a diverse category in terms of the types of books in terms of the types of protagonists, you can be very experimental. And as we are an adult, we sort of settle into these routines, we conform, and we lose a little bit of that zest, the curiosity. And I think that is what works for me in terms of YA. Um, Thinking about the teen I was, how much trouble I got into, how mouthy I was, and trying to capture some of the stuff that was in my journals. (laughs) I had a lot of thoughts and feelings in those journals and I like oh to my write god we should
0: that. read our journals one day
1: um my journals are so petty though they're like such and such Tristan wouldn't look at me today and I know he's gonna talk to me tomorrow and I'm just gonna turn my back I would literally write out these like dynasty-esque soap opera moments in my journal with a plan of how I'm gonna be petty because someone didn't do what I wanted them to do
0: yeah I used to lie in my journal
1: you would lie to your actual journal?
0: Yeah, I would lie. I would, I would like, make up stuff so that it would seem cooler.
1: Oh. Because Who was reading your journal? That you I
0: press? was reading my journal as if,
1: <laughs> as if I had
0: an audience. Okay? Oh, my
1: God. You've been a writer forever. And I was just, like, using it as a form of, like, angry, like, petty, I'm mad, and listing my grievances. It was, like, my own personal burn book where I was trying to figure <laughs> out, like, why do people why do some people fall in love so quickly and find their partners and how do you create the the safety of touch? Why are some people able to have all of these friends and manage everything and other people are falling apart? And I couldn't understand. I was watching human behavior and trying to figure it out. And so that's what I like to put into my books. How do you the things that draw you to YA? How do those show up in your work? I have daddy issues. <laughs>
0: say more. <laughs> I honestly, I think like that's like the theme in in <laughs> all thirteen plus books that I've written, uh, if you look at them because they vary in genre and age group. um uh, but that that is a that is a theme. um. What was a question again
1: <laughs> it was how does what drew you to YA or what right. draws you to YA show up in your actual YA yeah. books
0: I mean that's one <laughs> it still is it really is uh I think that it's, it's something that I think everybody has like a hurt that they're trying to process when they're writing no matter what the, no matter what that Story is that wound. Um, yeah, I think it's something that we carry. It's it's it, the themes are, are are present. If you're if you're a writer doing your job, you know what right. I mean. Like if you're putting your your blood, sweat, and tears into your work. Um, when I when I started writing the Brooklyn Bruja series, I knew that I wanted to tell the story of three different sisters, and each sister would have a specific, very specific um, wound. And when I was a teenager. My favorite books were Vampire Stories and Werewolves and Supernatural Stories. And the reason that was is because you could, looking back on them now, you can see where those stories were basically uh, metaphors for being a teenager. Blood and Chocolate. It is a metaphor for, like, a girl's sexuality and embracing that and, like, becoming a vampire. It's, like, moon cycles and your Mm -hmm. period and your body hair Um, and where all of that goes and then wanting um, wanting a very specific boy and having like
1: that lust. And having wanting an eternal love. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And the questions of what happens after we die and what happens to our loved ones if we don't die. I had a lot of questions like that. Mm-hmm. So for me, I look at my journals and I try to write around a question. And all of the questions, each one of my books has a, a central question. Um, the Tiny Pretty Thing series centers around what are you willing to do to be the best or to achieve perfection? That was a question that I had as a teenager that really influenced everything that I did. From how much I studied to my friend group, how, how I wanted to be perceived, and, and, and how much I wanted to conform. And then the Bell series is, what are you willing to do to be beautiful? Mm-hmm. And what is beauty? When I was in high school, everything centered around what you looked like. And I wanted to sort of dig into that. So YA and the reason why I write for young adults really centers around the questions I had as a teenager. Because I don't, I can't say that I figured it out. I still have the same questions. They're just deeper and um, more complex Mm -hmm. now. But I'm a person, my Achilles heel is that I have a lot of questions. And when there are no answers, I get really pissed off. (laughs) And I can be very, very annoying because I'm like, why? My dad used to charge me money every time I would say why. He'd make me take a quarter from my piggy bank and put it in a Y jar.
0: So instead of a swear jar, you had a Y jar. I had a
1: Y jar (laughs) because I was annoying. I just wanted to figure everything out. And I'm still in that way. I'm like, well, why do people say what they say? And why do they give, you know what I mean? Especially in relationships. I just have have a lot of questions. And so I use my work. To do that to figure that out figure out those questions even when there are no answers it's funny um the bells was translated into german Mm -hmm. and my german readers either some of them really love the book or some of them really hate the book and some of the i translate some of the posts just to you know just to see (laughs) Um, because i'm nosy i should really mind my business and a lot of them are like well she didn't say what is beautiful what is the most beautiful person in the world? She didn't answer that question, and wanting that precise sort of breakdown of what is beautiful, and I want to say I don't have the question, uh, the answer. I'm just posing the question, right? Even though I was a teen that wanted every single answer, so it's super annoying. And I'm sorry, German fans, but I really <laughs> wanted to figure out. I just want to ask teens the question, and I don't have the answer.
0: Right. I don't think that that. I don't think that these are questions that we can answer um I think that when they come that's that's the whole point like the point of books is to have a conversation you read a book you talk about the things that you like you didn't like what the author did well but the author really shouldn't exist right when we're talking about stories like it doesn't matter what the author has done it matters the end product is what matters right um, We're sort of absent. We're ghosts. We should be absent from from that discussion, um, and and which is not to say that you shouldn't talk about a book that isn't good um, to you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You should absolutely have that you know that liberty. But, um, but
1: that's the beauty that's, of YA. That's though. the beauty of
0: YA. It's right. like one person can love a book or hate a book that everyone else loves or vice versa. Um, and I think it's because it's every book speaks to a very specific um,
1: id that we have, right? right? And experience. Mm-hmm. And that's why I try to wrap my ideas um, around those questions and think about what do I want my readers to think about? What do I want them to ponder? Um, can you talk about how you find ideas? Do you go back to your lying journals (laughs) full of lies? I'm a
0: lying liar who lies. Yes. No, I don't go back to that. I go to the things that I wanted to have, like the stories that I want to see. As Um, a teen? Not just a teen, as now. As now. As now. Uh, And I choose to write for YA. I think that there are some authors who don't, know what age group they're writing to. They're like, everybody could read it. But for me, I am specifically speaking to teens. Yes. Um, Same. And, and then there are some authors who get pushed to writing for teens because YA has larger advances and YA is, more, is very popular. Um, and so when I'm crafting my stories, I also ask a question. Um, but my question is, what if? right? Right. What if mermaids came back to Coney Island? And it's just default that the the character is a teenager. Um, What if uh, there were brujas? And what what would their magical system look like, right? What does magic look like from a Latinx tradition? Um, And uh, my new series, Incendiary, it's how do you forgive yourself for things that for if you've done... A lot of people harm.
1: And that's amazing because I think teenagers are thinking about all of these things and I think that YA is a great place to have these t- types of conversations. Right. I write for teens. If adults read my books, that's great, but I write for teenagers. I think it's a privilege to write for them. I think that writing for children, they are one of the biggest reading groups in the world mm-hmm. and that I find it to be an honor and uh, to write for them and to write stories about them. I also like to tell the truth when it comes to them. Sometimes you'll see in reviews, people want to say, oh, I hate that she did this or that, or she's stupid, or he's dumb, or he made stupid decisions. I don't know about you, I made a lot of dumb decisions when I was a teenager.
0: I made a lot of dumb decisions yesterday. Exactly, (laughs) right. But
1: I think that sometimes we want to write teens not as they are this sort of glossy, fresh way that people are writing them versus as they, as they really are. I was a teacher for a decade. Teens are messy. They have messy feelings and it's complicated and they have a lot of irreverent ideas and they push boundaries. Right. I think people have the
0: tendency when they read to say or to think, well, she should have done this. Well, maybe, <laughs> but in that moment... Right with the the tools that the character has and the emotional uh, the emotional capacity which is capped right. at a certain point um, frontal lobe. is still developing um, and you're a ball of hormones and if you're writing fantasy you've been giving all this power like of course you're gonna make the bad decisions. If there are no bad decisions, there's no fucking book. There's no book. Because there's no conflict.
1: I just feel like we're really hard on our YA characters. And we're hard on girls. Especially on girls. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why I love writing characters who do the wrong thing and say the wrong thing. And who have really complicated, messy thoughts. Because that's the type of teen I was. If you were to look at my journal, you would say, oh my God, you were a monster. Yes, I was a monster. A monster that didn't understand all the things going on around me. So yes, I had bad thoughts. And I think we all have them. And I just am willing to put them on the page. Uh Um, Because I think that that's also how we stay fresh. One of my biggest fears is becoming an auntie. I'm an actual auntie. I have a niece Who's 11? Who's wonderful? But when I say auntie, I mean in that sort of fussy, like completely going to crumple, you know, just. Old fashioned. In my
0: day. In my day, right? Get off my lawn. I mean, sometimes I feel that way right now, like.
1: Oh, I definitely feel. (laughs) The youths. The youths. How dare you? Like we are millennials, but like, ugh, you know, I don't, and I love millennials, and I am part of the millennial group, but sometimes you're the the tail end. At the yes, (laughs) I'm at the beginning because I didn't grow up with internet, but I'm like, Uh, oh, I mean, I didn't
0: really grow up with internet either. Right. I feel like, um. Right, we still have to stay fresh because I feel like there's so many, so many positive things. Like, like this generation has so much more that we did not have. Right. Uh, they have language that we don't have when it comes to sexuality and like openness towards mental health issues, which is like something in my community, the like the Ecuadorian Latinx community, like you wouldn't even talk about. Um, they're, you know, they that I feel like that's why sometimes they have a harder time understanding that like uh certain subjects are bad like they they grew up with um a a more open conversation
1: which is great and I think it will push YA writers if there's one thing I will tell YA writers and people writing for teens is to be honest Mm -hmm. stop trying to impart a lesson right pose the question and set up the story so that teens can have their own opinions If I know anything from being a librarian and from being a teacher, all you have to do is ask the question and you will get so many different answers. And that's the point. I think we veer into Auntie Town when we try to impart this grandiose lesson about how someone is supposed to behave and what they're supposed to say. Let's talk about what they're thinking and what they're feeling and how sometimes it's really complicated. And sometimes we don't always say the things we're supposed to, the right thing. And when it comes to fiction, we have the luxury
0: of a very precise journey. But in real life, sometimes you don't get an answer to that question. Sometimes you don't resolve that terrible emotion in your heart. Sometimes you never get over these feelings. Uh, And sometimes you just keep making bad choices. And that becomes how you become that. That's your journey to adulthood, um, and and so books are feel like books are a way for teens to process all of those things in a safe space. That's right, because it's contained within the pages. Um, you can read about violence and all of these things, and uh, if the writer does their job, they will unpack all of the all of those subjects: sex, violence, whatever whatever might be happening in that specific novel. Um, But that's the thing, you have to do your job as a writer. So, and when you don't do your job as a writer, that's when you get veer into problematic territory.
1: Right, and you have trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, Are there things in YA that you're seeing, sort of trends that you love, things that you would like to see more of? Those of us living in YA town, writing for teens, what are you seeing, what are you loving?
0: Um, I'm loving, uh, so the last couple of books that I've read, I think that my favorite parts about them are the heroines who have sort of a quiet strength, uh, like Strange Grace by Tessa Gratton. Um, you know, there's not, there's not, it's not like a massive action adventure. There is, like, very quick pacing. Uh, you know, it's a book about um, a deal, like a t- small town where nothing ever changes. Nobody gets sick. And there's, like, a pact with the devil. And then, you know, this year the the pact has gone wrong. And nobody knows why. And so uh, three teens go into the woods. Um, I don't, I really don't want to – I won't sing that song. I wanted no. to sing the song. No. <laughs> no. Uh, and so I, I think that, like, following Merwin um, – her journey is unraveling a mystery and she is completely self-possessed and she knows exactly who she is um in a, in a way of like uh her desires the 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 people that she loves you know it's like a sort of like a poly triangle love triangle um where they all love each other
1: <laughs> i'm here for the love and i'm here for um all so things i think what I'm, at
0: <laughs> what I'm seeing is like more of an openness um in when it comes to like Sex, sex, the exploration of sexuality, um,
1: which is great because mm-hmm. adults want to act like teens aren't doing that or thinking about or it. Thinking about it.
0: When are. I was a teenager, that is literally all I thought about.
1: Right. And all I, I had thought about were questions. boys. Yeah. yeah. And I had a lot of questions. Um, I think also some trends that I'm that I'm loving: it's unconventional storytelling, telling stories backwards and forwards, jumping around in time. Tiffany Jackson's "Monday's Not Coming." jumps around in time. And I love that because teens are, and I think human beings in general, are thinking about what happened before and what happened now and trying to process where they are in the time-space continuum. And so I love seeing people play with time and non-linear storytelling, which I think is really, really cool. Also, I'm excited to see, and I'm hoping we see more uh, fantasies that feature girls that don't need weapons. Uh-huh. We have a lot of sword and sorcery which is great. It's fine. We got a lot of girls cutting heads off and slicing and dicing <laughs> and doing all of those things. But what about, I wasn't a girl that wanted to be anywhere near a sword. I was. I, I can see this about you. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'll be under my table. I was scared of those things so I want to see what does violence what does strength look like when we take the swords away Mm
0: -hmm.
1: when we take those trappings away because sometimes i feel like i love the sword and sorcery stuff it's also a way for women to be read by men right that's just a controversial opinion but sometimes i feel like we want put a sword in there put a girl with a boys will read it and boys will read it right i'm like why are we why do we have to do that but sometimes a girl just wants a sword, and that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. But I just want to have the variety is what I'm asking for. Right. Lots Absolutely. of different kinds um, of ways to be strong and what strength looks like. Yeah. I'm loving all the mysteries and thrillers. I think that
0: – I feel like thrillers is something that young adult has called for so often. But then when they get it, they don't actually know what to do with it. Like, right. as publishers, publishers. Um some of you know you have people like Gretchen McNeil and Kim Liggett and um Tiffany Jackson, you know, mm-hmm. writing in this like thriller space and Lamar um, yeah and 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 so you're you bridge all kinds of subgenres within that too, because with Lamar, you'll have like a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. and with Tiffany, you'll have suspense. And a murder mystery, and then with Gretchen, you'll have like campy uh, slashers. Mm-hmm. So there's so much to offer, and I think that like those are those were my favorite kinds of movies when I was a teenager. Like you know, I know what you did last summer. You want to be scared. and scream. I don't like being scared, but I will be. I will. I like enjoy it for like you know, a little while. Well,
1: when I was a teenager, there was nothing better than watching a scary movie with your friends. Yeah. Now that I'm an old bitch, <laughs> I'm not interested in being scared anymore. I'm yes. over that part of my life. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I just want to be safe and cozy. Um, but I'm really loving that trend, and I'm loving to see it get diversified, right? Where the brown kids don't die first. Yeah. Where they are the key to solving a mystery And that we get to sort of be in these suspenseful places. um, And it'll be really, really, really cool. Yeah. Which I think is awesome. Excellent. I do think that YA is struggling. Okay. I think that I'm hearing from editors that we're in a bit of a bubble. Especially when it comes to YA fantasy Uh in general. That it's oversaturated. That we've got so much of certain things. But then I'm always like, but... Nobody was saying that in 2012 when it was a white girl in a dress floating central.
0: Right. Or like a, a drowning girl s- mystery that right. has no solve. Right.
1: <laughs> exactly. But now it seems like I'm he- all I'm hearing from publishers is we're in a bubble. It's too many, can't stand out, things can't stand out, and I'm I'm concerned. Do you think that there's a bubble? Do you think we're doing too much of certain kinds of things?
0: Um I think no, I think that it's okay, this is hard to answer because on one hand, yes, there are a lot of fantasies coming out, but you made an excellent point in that nobody complained when it was you know the same the same girl in a dress cover, uh, paranormal romance, and but that had a bubble too, yep. right. Uh, I think that the problem with publishing and obviously I love publishing because I am here and I want to stay here, Uh, but you can love something and criticize it. Uh, The the problem with publishing is that everyone looks to the one thing that did well and then tries to mimic it. Absolutely. And it is to the detriment of writers who are putting out these stories, um, writers who are getting covers that are not necessarily their the, the the thing about their book. Um, I think that uh, when you don't know who your audience is, especially right now when it's like, who's our audience? Is it teens or is it 25-year-olds who read YA? And Those get muddled. And Thick. that absolutely get, gets muddled. I think that we're missing a huge market when it comes to tweens and uh, paperback books. Um, because what teenager is going to spend – 21 dollars you know with like tax included um for a hardcover uh when seven big books come out in one day right they're gonna pick the one author that they know so what happens to the debut that nobody's taught that like isn't getting enough publicity or uh the the sequel of a book right they get eaten and so we're cannibalizing ourselves in a way um and nobody knows what stands out, right? So, like, I'm I'm sort of scared to launch a new series because what happens if, like, nobody wants to read fantasy next year?
1: Right. I'm scared, too, because I think that we have this tendency to chase everything that's working. It's like we're chasing that the couple of rabbits that made it through, and then everyone's trying to do what they're doing instead of, being inventive Mm -hmm. and trying to do something, continue to do something new, but nobody wants to do new things. It's why I think we have in Hollywood all of the reboots. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, it's a sure thing. It has a sure audience. So let's just reboot it a thousand times. But then we get all of this derivative work and we get all of these things that I call echo books where we've read several big series and then we're echoing what happened in those series and just putting new clothes and trappings on it. And look, I know from being a librarian that teens and kids love to have one foot in the old and one foot in the new. Okay. So there are certain things that they love and they just want to read something that is similar and you just keep moving away from the original thing. But I think we should push them and push each other to go a little farther. To try some new things and see what happens. Be more inventive in our storytelling. The way teens read It's changing. Yeah. The things that we do have to change along with it so that we don't lose them as they get older. Because it's the same old, same old. Right. So do you stay in YA or not? Yes. (laughs) I love YA. I will probably stay. I have about um, two or three more books I want to do in YA. And then she threatens this all the time. I'm packing my Bags out and leaving YA town. Okay, I'm gonna visit Middle Grade Town, and I'm going. I to, mean, I'm visiting
0: mi- Middle Grade Town, and it's next nice. Year. Right, the weather
1: is nice. The weather's over there. nice. Everyone's sweet. The littles um, are so sweet.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I think that I need to see how things shake out in YA because
0: I was in Romance Town for uh, Romance Landia. Yeah, is actually the term.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, for a little while for six books and. I don't know I think I just write a different kind of book um and that maybe doesn't have a bigger audience uh but it's 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 like an escape it's like they're they're books that I love writing and they're so much fun um but honestly I think I'm like a lifer it's the same way I won't leave New York I just don't know how to
1: quit you. Uh, I can't quit you. Um, that's what it is. For YA, I can definitely drop this bitch. I think that... Yeah, how can you say that? I can say it because I think, look... You got, started off this episode saying look, the literal opposite. Look, I've changed my mind, okay? Wow. Okay, wow. Okay, wow. okay? <laughs> I think that I want to take a, I might want to take a break. I have about three or four more YAs plotted and planned. And then I want to hang out in middle grade town and picture book, the picture book playground, I'd like to see what it's like to write shorter books that are also a little bit different and test my creative muscle. Look, don't be a bully. I will come back to YA I love YA, but I also need to see what's going to happen with the full landscape. Right. I need to so see. I think that, I'm not trusting the <laughs> industry right now.
0: Right. I'm in a um, very
1: sort of insecure, doubt, doubting Thomas type of place. Yeah.
0: And I think that everyone should be. I think that we, as writers, uh, we should never chase trends because when we're chasing trends, uh, we're going to fall behind you're gonna miss the you're gonna miss the bus right by the time your book comes out that trend is long gone and so one of the things that I remind myself because it's very it's very easy to forget like you know right now I'm like maybe I should write I don't know um a royal romance book but that's not me right like I'm not gonna chase that trend as as good as it is um in, if you're self-publishing, you can because if you're fast enough, you can write a book in two weeks and then put it up there, and then you'll be like you'll you'll be in the trend. But if you're going the traditionally published route, that's harder. A book it's takes two months, year, yeah right? books 18, 18 months twenty four months to put out a book. Um, and now you know with with like ordering paper, paper so expensive. Like you have to plan books so much more in advance because they're being printed in China. Um, and how does that? How do those like? negotiations going on with our government like how does that affect our industry um and so that's stuff that I don't even like to think about but if you read if you subscribe to like Publishers Weekly and stay on top of the the industry like as a writer you have to be a business person so on top of your creative person um and I've met so many writers who are like
1: I don't like to think about that stuff but you have we to we have to we are our own businesses mm-hmm. you're a little business I'm a little business and we're bringing our books to the marketplace
0: yeah um and so and pr- because you're a business you have to be innovative in your own way. You have to stand out from the rest um, without a publisher dictating that. And the way that you do that is you write a story that only you can tell. A version of something that only you can tell.
1: That's right. And that love needs to be there and inventive. And that's why I sort of, I read everything and then I think about that question and I think about what it is bothering me. I always... So funny, my mom always says to me, you're always so bothered. Be Try to be <laughs> unbothered. It's my goal for 2020 to be unbothered. But Please. lots of things, I know, it's a lie. I'm going to try it.
0: I'm going to find our New Year's resolutions from, this, from last year uh, and see if we kept any of them. How dare
1: you? You're a monster. I'm going to see if we kept any of them. I really want to work on being unbothered, but the I mean, part of my writing process is to write about what bothers me. And I think that that's how I try to keep my stories sort of fresh, looking back at my journals, looking back at my diaries, and trying to pair those things together. The only issue I run into is thinking about if I decided to write something that everyone else is writing, sometimes I think maybe I'd be have a hit. Mm-hmm. What if I were to write the fantasy YA version of The Help? I think about it all the time. If I were to write this painful narrative that really digs into sort of the painful parts of my cultural background, being a black American, maybe it'd be a ticket to the top. Because sometimes I really feel like this industry loves to milk the painful bits. Absolutely. You don't feel that way. It is. It is. I see it. Mm -hmm. And so, but I'm like, you know what? Right. If I wrote wrote an immigration
0: story, I would win an award. I mean, sure, I would like Belpray. to think that I would.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would win the fucking Poudreau Belpré, right? Like, <laughs> and it makes me feel sad because I feel like we are reducing, you know, a lot of things down to those, those things. But, and it's these are books that people need. These are books that kids need. But they're not books that I want to write. Right. And so it's just me sort of grappling as a creator with how much am I going to stick to the, what, the stories that are in my heart? Versus chasing
0: trends. Chasing trends and chasing, like, some sort of, maybe a pen name.
1: Right. A pen name. Yes. (laughs) You don't have enough
0: deadlines, Danielle. I need more. Please launch a pen name in addition to everything else. Um, I think, yeah, I think that when you are in YA town, you kind of have to think about it as a city that you're moving into, right? Um, How long are you going to be here? Are you a visitor are you just doing this because your agent's like, there's a lot of money in YA? Uh, get on that bandwagon and and then you you know write a book and then you're, and you insult your your fellow authors. Uh, and I have seen this happen a lot. Oh
1: yes. Um, I didn't write it for YA for teens. I just shelve it there. I just I don't read YA. Books. I just wrote a literary novel. And they um, just keep saying it's YA because <laughs> the protagonist is like 14, but it's an adult book. It's literary highbrow fiction. Yes. Um, are you?
0: Uh, are you a guest? Like, are you here for a couple of months? Uh, are you? You know, are you an expat of your last city? Are you like leaving romance for YA? We've a um, lot of people moving in. We do have a lot of people moving There's in. There's some
1: there. poets coming in. Yeah. There's some lip fiction. They're coming to try to get some of this money. <laughs> <laughs> that chapbook is doing do
0: what it needs to do. That's what I'm saying. Um, are, you, are, are you here, you know, to stay for a while? Like, and that's not to say that it's the only thing you can write, but you have to respect the genre. You have to respect the genre that you're writing in, the age group that you're writing in, and the audience that you're writing to. to.
1: And I feel like you need to go see those kids. I think that if you're going to be in YA town, you need to go see some kids. You're writing for them. Go Mm -hmm. stand in front of them and talk to them about your book and about your story. See what they think. There's nothing better than having a line full of teenagers with questions. Absolutely. That's my favorite part of book signings. You know, just asking you all the things. And they have opinions. I get a lot of letters about, why would you kill this person? Or, I love this. Or, I hated this.
0: That was my letter. I wrote that to you. I'm just Oh, kidding. yes.
1: Rude. <laughs> Rude. You see, there's a lot of trolling that happens in Deadline City. <laughs> so, what is the takeaway? The takeaway, I would say, is if you're going to stay in YA and you want to be here, read other YA books and support the community and also write the story Like you said, that only you can tell and don't chase trends. Watch what's happening, though. I like to watch the trends and see what is the element that people are responding to. Uh What is it? Is it the enemies to lovers trope? Is it these high fantasies that are sword and sorcery? Is it sort of um, a certain kind of magical tradition? And then I might take a few elements of those things and remix them into my own thing. And I like to talk to teens about what they love and why they love the things they love. Because when they love, they love so deeply. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's the best part of this community. They get obsessed. And it reminds me of when I was 15 and 16 and obsessed. For me, it was my Reading my life.
0: favorite authors, live journal, waiting for them to post. Like, that was my life.
1: And mine was my so-called life. Remember that? No. It, ugh.
0: Uh, I'm a Dawson's Creek year, generation I
1: love Dawson's Creek too but I was obsessed with all, with all of those things and when I loved them I loved them deeply they consumed me Yeah, and I want to create worlds and stories that consume my readers yeah. alright so, well awesome well thanks for visiting
0: thanks for visiting, thanks for listening and we will see you next time